This is the Gary V Audio Experience. All right, Gary. So maybe let's just start with, for those that don't know you, like the three people watching who don't, uh, just give us kind of a real quick update on who you are and uh, how you build such a large audience and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Bryce, thanks for having me. Immigrant from the Soviet Union, kind of that scrapper life, lemonade stands, garage sailing, sports cards, which are now back, you know, just kind of lived it in the 80s. Parents were frugal and poor and then middle class and frugal and then upper middle class and frugal. So I'd always fight for mine, buy my own Nintendo, like had all my businesses. Dad had a liquor store, dragged me in at 14, fell in love with wine collecting, launched an e-commerce wine business in 1996. One of the first in the country, became kind of a pioneer in that space. Spent 22 to 34 building a monster business for my parents, took their business from a 3.8 to a $60 million business. Finally got to the place where resentment started kicking in and being like, fuck, I got to build something for myself. My brother was graduating college. Let's do something. We started an agency called VaynerMedia that I'm still the active CEO of. Thousand people, $200 million revenue business. Invested along the way early in Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. And, and always built content and always realized personal brand was a leverage point because I was capable of building actual business. I kind of almost the reverse of this podcast, right? Bryce and his contemporaries. I see much more thoughtfulness from this crew than I did, let's say from the Vine crew six years ago, which is like, it's not just about getting that bag. It's like, fuck, let's make sure we build something along the way. You know, 80% pump, Bryce, of that crew is just actually not gonna be capable of being an entrepreneur, which is okay. Hopefully they'll find COOs, they'll find investors, they'll find partners, they'll be thoughtful. 20% are actually me in reverse, right? I was an operator, nobody on earth knew who I was when I was 34 years old. And then I built awareness and brand and now siphon it back into my business capabilities. And in a lot of ways, I'm hopeful that a lot of the creators on TikTok right now and other places play the reverse game of me. I didn't say a word and have no leverage from a personal brand, but as an operator, they're the reverse. They have lots of words, a ton of audience, a ton of leverage. And if they're thoughtful and become operators or become thoughtful with who they partner with, they can build institutional generational wealth. And so that's why I said yes to the podcast because I'm hot on this topic because I want these kids to win instead of living Gary Coleman life, right? So you're known on social media for actually giving advice kind of like just how you you did right there. (laughs) Why do you always give away your secrets are free as far as influencers, marketing, and advertising. A combination, Bryce, of the following. Talent, because I have enough talent to have the next idea and the next idea and the next idea. I'm not crippled by like, this is my one thing, my one moment. Two, legacy. Like I genuinely like that. I, I know both of you very, very, very lightweight. And I'm very grateful that as we get to know each other more for real through serendipity, or more importantly, as you've talked to the people closest to you that know me the best, they have the nicest things to say about me versus people who've only seen me on the internet. So reputation and legacy matter to me a lot. And if I could be kinder, better, stronger, historically correct, it builds reputation, AKA brand, right? And then just kind of like that selfish, selfless game of this, like it feels nice, Bryce. Like admiration comes in a lot of different forms. There's a a lot of people that like you because you're attractive to them. That's just real talk. And, and that's cool. I didn't have that luckiness that you had. Other people love LeBron because of how he can play basketball. For me, I have a very different community because I'm built on admiration. People, as a matter of fact, a lot of people aren't even sure if I'm for real at first or full of shit, but people tend to be sticky with me and about me and I about them on the merit of the advice I've given. I mean, there's a lot of kids running around right now that have made an incredible amount of money on sports cards because they bought 
40 Lucas for $35 because they were part of my community and sold them for $1,500. And that's just a very big thing that happened to their lives. And they trusted me because I always did the right thing by them, including this. And so for me, it's just all I've been taught as a kind of old school immigrant kid, like reputation. What do people say behind your back? Spit on your hand, shake a hand, do that. Do the right things. I like being liked. You know, I want to be a great entrepreneur. And I think that comes in a lot of shapes and sizes. Some will just be Jeff Bezos and Oprah Winfrey and just amass wealth. Others like me, I'd like to amass wealth. I'd like, you know, it's tough to listen to somebody who didn't do it for themselves. But I love that there's a different relationship I have with the audience than most entrepreneurs that are of my ilk. You like helping out people. That's, that's what your brand is. It's just not, it's, you know, your brand becomes your actions. To your point, there are people in high school and junior high in my career long before there was any persona that have come out through the years and be like, well, he was doing this for me over a drink 10 years ago. That's exactly right. It feels nice. I have something to give. I feel almost guilted and gratitude that I have something to give. So fuck it, I'm gonna give it. So what's one piece of advice you'd give to young entrepreneurs watching this or even social media people that wanna start? Most people live in high school until they die. So what's holding back so many of you right this minute from starting up honey, and I actually mean honey, like you grew up with your grandma as a kid making honey in the backyard, you like honey, you see this whole DTC happening, but you're too fucking cool on TikTok and you think if you started a honey brand, people are gonna make fun of you. Literally, that's what fucks me up. Or anything, right? Pomp, heavy in crypto, but has this passion for surfing and people might say to him that are smart, you're distracted. Pomp, you're distracted, you've got this moment. But he just likes it. He just wants to start a surfboard company. My advice is get the fuck out of high school. Other people's opinions on your life just don't fucking matter. They don't play out, it never plays out. You never on your deathbed are thrilled that you listen to everybody else. You become, you resent it. And so my number one advice is like, if you want to do something, do it. If you're so fucking cool, they'll probably follow you. I got fucking laughed at with a sports card thing. Now the fucking coolest people in culture are fucking flexing sports cards on social media. Literally 36 months ago, the coolest people I knew, the smartest people I knew, the richest people I knew were on some shit behind my back of like, he's going crazy. Like what the fuck's the matter with this dude? Why is he doing this? This is stupid. This is dorky. All of those people are texting me every day. Where do I get a Jordan PSA 10? Should I buy the Charizard? What should I do about Magic Bird? It just sold for 700,000. When you told me to buy it, it was 40,000. Like, is this over? Is it too late? Like, and I'm talking like top 10 athletes, top 10 hedge fund managers, top 10 TikTokers. Like, if you believe in it and you're fucking about it and it makes you happy, it will always work out. Gary, one of the things that's really interesting, I think, is most people know you as an operator. You then had a epic run. A lot of people don't probably realize how great of an angel investor you were in kind of the early 2010s and a number of the hits you had. It seems like you've kind of swung back to operating and then now into baseball cards. Is it just the natural, like what you're interested in is how you balance out between operating and investing? Or is there some kind of method to the actual madness of how you balance those two things? First of all, it's a really thoughtful question. I'm flattered for you paying attention to that level. It's really, it's truly, I mean it, thank you. First, I wanted to give back to my parents, bro. When I tell you being a Soviet Jew, you're, the math around me ending up in America 
and I'm such a fucking entrepreneur. Could you imagine me growing up in communism? That would have been like, I, who the fuck? I would have drank so much vodka at 11 years old. I would have been sad. So first it was like, I got to operate this thing for my parents because I'm a fucking raw talent. Like at 22, I knew who I was, right? I'm going to the hall of fame. Like I believed it. I just, I don't know what else to tell you. It's why I fuck with Kobe and LeBron. Like I get it being a child and knowing. And I wanted to put that energy first for my parents because I love them the most. I felt like I needed to, I had to. It was the right fucking thing to do. My mom was the best fucking mother. My dad worked every fucking minute. Like, you know, so, and then I was like, then I like, you know, getting paid 60, 70, 80,000 a year when you're building a 20, 30, 40 million, you're, you're getting fucked, right? You don't own the business and fuck, if I was doing it for you, Pomp, you'd be paying me a half a million a year. So you're double fucked when you're the kid building a business for your family business. All the kids out there listening right now, you, I know you're getting fucked. I know that you're not getting paid enough and I know you're the fucking reason the business is exploding and you don't own it and your parents say they'll leave it to you, but you're going to pay fucking inheritance tax and it feels fucked up. Trust me, it's okay. You got time in your 30s, 40s, 50s to get yours if you're so fucking good. So Pop, I had to do that. And then I had like 150 saved, 250 saved because I lived like shit. Like I'm the reverse of the sway house. Like all these kids, I'm envious. I'm happy for them. Truly I am because I lived like shit. I worked 15 hours a day. I didn't have anything. Like I was giving up my 20s for my parents. So then I was like, fuck, you get this little resentment thing going. You don't really resent your parents. You're like, just like, man, you wanted to do this, but fuck. Like, you know, it sounds good at 22, but now I'm 31. I don't, I've done this incredible accomplishments and I have eight fucking dollars. It kind of, you know, fucks with you. I see social. At that point, I was so right about YouTube, email, Google AdWords. I started having confidence that I was more than a retailer because that's how I thought of myself. I'm like, fuck, I know what people are going to do. You know, you gave me a very flattering tweet the other day about, you know, 2014 Bitcoin and sports cards three years before. And it, like, I'm early at shit. Now, sometimes I don't bet enough. Sometimes, you know, there's a million different things that have happened in my career. But I, until the day I die, I know I'm going to be good at this. And I, I expect my wealth creation to get very aggressive in my 50s and 60s, where I'm less passive about my age and patience, where I'm going to be probably a little more aggressive. However, I knew that I needed to catch up to my skill set, and I went high risk on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr because I was as confident as I am today about Michael Jordan's rookie card, right? On the record, so it's documented. It's probably gonna close this week at a $300,000 card. There's 0.0 chance that it's not a million dollar card, including global financial meltdown. So good, it'll go back down to 170, but within a five to seven year window on the rebound, that is going to be a million dollar card because there's enough demand now to justify against the 317 units. You know, I love when the Bitcoin community talks about 21 million or, is that the number, right? I, I agree with that. I'm like, is that, yep, they fucking got it. This is not printing in perpetuity, supply and demand. I understood what was happening with social. I bet the farm. Then I realized, oh fuck, I might be the best at this. Like, I need to see if I am. Am I the best at just genuinely understanding not only who Bryce is, earlier than most people, not only who the baby is earlier than anybody, not earlier, not only clubhouse earlier than anybody, not only like, like I now do this in so many arenas, culture, business, human. Let me build a death star. I'm the emperor. This is real talk now. This is literally how it went through my mind. I'm the emperor, right? I'd like to be a little bit more Yoda because the emperor loses in the end, but I'm the emperor. Let me build a death star, which is X, that is so big and so scalable that I can do sports cards and a direct-to-consumer wine brand and buy 50% of Puma and build non-fungible tokens, which I believe in heavily right now, and all these things at the highest level, because if it's just me, 
I'm gonna be able to do one thing. I know me, I'm self-aware. I need chaos and my hands in 30 pots to be happy. Six will fail, but fucking 24 are gonna succeed and I'm gonna be happy. And so that's what I've been building. So I ate shit this last decade and built a fucking Death Star. And now you're just starting to see me kind of pop my head up and point it, right? Do I want to point it to, to get awareness for Crohn's disease because AJ wants that? Do I want to point it to my homies that now want to go into politics and make sure they win the governorship? Do I want to point it against my Vayner sports athletes, my Vayner talent talent? I think in the last two or three years, I felt the undercurrent of some people starting to say, wait a minute, Gary might be a little smarter than we thought. Whereas like six years ago, it's like, he's just a personality. He's a, like, he is what he is. And I'm flattered by that. I'm also concerned in a weird, funny way, because I've loved being underrated a little bit, even for my overrated Gary V part, I knew I was underrated as Gary Vaynerchuk. And I knew that was actually my leverage to building out what I'm building out. And I finally think that people are starting to figure it out. And I think my next two decades are gonna be super interesting. How long have you been into the cards? From 1986 to 1993, it was my entire life. I did cards heavy, it's how I made my money. Like my friends made fun of me to not going to like the cool party like my sophomore year of high school to go to like a mall and set up a table. Like it was a real passion of mine. I popped back in for 40 seconds in 2003 because I thought LeBron was gonna be Michael Jordan. So I bought a ton of LeBron packs and got a bunch of LeBrons. And then three years ago, three and a half years ago, I just do what I do. How I knew who you were before you even popped, how I knew baby and Meg Thee Stallion and Gunna. You, uh, how- you DM'd me, I don't know if you remember, but you DM'd me and you like, you text, you said, keep pushing bro. I know, it, Bryce, I know it super well because I love encouraging kids because I, I never know if the person knows who I am or don't when I do that for kids, but I know if they Google it, that might just be a spark because I know the come up for athletes, rappers, influencers, and I know I might just catch you on the one day where like you get a negative comment or have something go down where you're just like, fuck this shit. And I'm always hopeful that when I do that for somebody that it just gives them a charge of like, no, no, let me refocus. Like there's something here. So I, I try to give karma like that. Like, I think most people that are smart like me see somebody like you and they want to manage you. They want to get money out of you. They want to sign you for a five-year ironclad deal. I try to go the reverse back to what I said earlier about reputation. I'm just trying to fucking bring value. I remember it like yesterday. You want to hear something better, Bryce, that you'll even give me more credit of knowing? That yeah. was probably after nine months of knowing who you are, right? Like, because I also want to make sure I get a little read for the per- like, so. I basically know that I have this thing. I think it's starting to become more obvious. It's gonna be really weird to see what it plays out as I'm an old man, because am I gonna be at a place where at 67, where I'm like, the Colorado Rockies is a good real estate thing. And is it like, I have to be careful because I'm a little worried that as my reputation builds, that I'll be in this weird new place where am I gonna trick myself into something? Cause I know the economic impact the second I say a word happens. Like I really am thoughtful about this shit, but nonetheless, long winded way to say, it was thoughtful pump. I knew that I had something. So I said, let me operate so that I can layer a SPAC. I can layer a fund. Like, and, and, and I needed to build family pump, right? I have 25 to 40 people around me who've now been with me for seven years close who are like my internal family who can be the heads of. When you think through kind of why you're able to see some of this stuff, some of it is absolutely just a skill. It's all the intangible things that just make you, you, what are the things that you look for though, to confirm it? Cause I, cause I think that what you're really highlighting is like, Hey, sometimes I have an intuition, 
but I could trick myself. I could almost get a false positive by simply just saying, Gary believes, you know, X is going to be big. And then it kind of yeah. becomes big in the short term. So how do you actually gut check yourself or, or make sure that you're, you're right on it? I don't want anybody to make a split video that I make about myself. Like, look what I said when I was fat and had less hair. Like, I don't need that video. I don't need that video. And so it scares the fuck out of me. The second there's a video that Bryce can do that says, hey guys, and which would be right. Don't just fucking blindly listen to Gary Vee. Watch this. And I'm like, you know, Care Bears are coming back. And he's like, where the fucking Care? Like, I'm so petrified of being wrong, Pomp, because I'm so smart about brand and reputation, I believe. And I'm honorable. Like, honor matters, right? Like, I'm pumped about, like, how I do my shit. Like, people make speculations about me in cards. Like, he pumps and dumps. He says, I even sold a fucking card. That's just the truth. Show me the receipt. I'll, like, good, good, you know, like, it's really easy for me to, like, I need to put my head on my pillow. I'm too far along in my reputation at this point. I'm just in the precipice of getting my respect. When LeBron said, I want my respect too, when he won the title this year, I'll be very frank. It, it rolled through my body. I know where I'm at, but I also know that I'm wildly underrated in my own feelings about me. And I don't want to do anything to fuck that up. I've got to keep executing for the next 30 years, exactly how I've been. And I'll put myself right where I want to be on like, I fucking put my heart on the field. Cause I think of entrepreneurship like sports. So it's really easy for me. It's why I don't have a lot of those losses, Pomp, right? So that's how I think about it. I get a lot of flack for interrupting when I'm on podcasts, when I do podcasts, when I do my own. As you know, because you're in the Bitcoin space, I did Pete's and I get, I'm getting drilled by the BTC community on that. What's ironic about that, I always laugh, is if people realized 97% of my life is listening it's just when I pop up and do a podcast like this, I'm so pent up to want to talk because I've been thinking and listening for so long. I think it's because I listen more than fucking anybody, bro. I'm in the fucking trenches. I'm in 4chan. I'm in Reddit. I'm in discords. I'm in Twitter. I'm like, I'm a fucking listener. I'm just so fucking Jersey and loud and fucking me that it confuses the fuck out of people. But I think about listening everybody. Everyone's looking at data that has already been manipulated. I'm looking at raw data and then using my natural talent to make my intuition and speculations, which have been tried and true for a long time now. I have a question. For someone like you, what is the definition of success? My entire life is based on how many people show up to my funeral and what is said when I'm dead. The definition of success for me is the legacy. It's funny, I was with a father today when I dropped off my kids at school and he's a big hockey fan, a Winnipeg Jets fan. So we have that Jets thing, we always kind of laugh. We were talking about hockey and I said to him, you know, in 1992, three and four, I watched 80 to 90% of the entire Rangers games. The only time I didn't was when I was going back and forth because the Knicks were on too. And then they won the cup in 94 and I literally stopped watching them. And then I said to him, and I stopped watching the Yankees after 96 when they won. I have a very close friend who's extremely close friends with Derek Jeter and we've had some jams through the years. And I always tell him how sad I am that I didn't really get to appreciate his career because I kind of checked the fuck out in 96 and I didn't really run with it. But I'm the biggest Jets fan and Knicks fan. I go crazy. So I realized, oh my God, I'm a thrill of the hunt guy, right? I'm in it for the journey, not the fucking trophy. It's why my biggest business accomplishments, right? Resi, which I co-founded, co-created, helped operate, got like really was in there. It's a monster win. Nobody associates me with that nine-figure exit. K-Swiss is reversed. People see the Gary Vee part, but I was in their operation. Empathy Wines. I just sold it recently. Huge exit for a direct-to-consumer brand in 18 months. Honestly, nobody's thinking about that. So a lot of people are like, Gary Vee is just full of shit. He's a talker because I don't pump my own business accomplishments. 
mainly because I don't give a fuck, Bryce, what anybody talks to. Like, whether, like I judge people on how they judge me. So when I see Pomp put out that text, I'm like, oh, this fucker's listening. When him and his brother are saying those nice things about me and AJ, they're paying further attention than people in the ecosystem. How do I know that? A, that was very nice of them and not needed for them to say that. B, Pomp's fucking executing it in his space. So for me, I want the smartest people to think um, good and nice. I want the people that actually know me in real life and can speak to something in detail to think I'm the best. I don't need the fucking crowd. The home team boos the basketball team when the other team goes on a 17-0 run. You know, when a team starts a basketball game and they're at home, when we're back in the crowd, when I go back to the garden and the first fucking game I go to, the Bucks go on a 12-0 run to start the game and the Knicks call timeout, that place is booing. And I think about that every day, Bryce, that people cheering or booing me that have no idea who I am, have no idea anything besides what I put out there. I put that out there. It's my fault that I get excited when I'm in conversations that interrupt people. They're right. The person that says I'm a dick face is right because they're experienced in that way. Like that's their perception. But I have to know what's underneath that. And we all do. And I think that's what helps people navigate having too much notoriety. I can't imagine, Bryce, the shit that's gone through your head in the last 24 months of your life. That's a lot of fucking attention and opinion. But if you're grounded in knowing that you're a good person and that you have good intent and that you're human and you'll make flaws and when you do, they're gonna shit all over you as long as they're not real fucking crazy shit that like, you know, like it's one thing to misstep like a human. It's another thing to do a crime or like suppress somebody like bad shit. And I know I'm that person. I got lucky. I got the right DNA. I got the right parenting. My shit is never going to be fucking fraud or fucking like shit that should put me in jail or it's going to be like, maybe I'm too loose with a statement and people lost the context. I'm like, oh fuck. Sorry. Like what I really meant, you know? So I'm cool. And so for me, it's just living that life. And that's what works for me. And because I'm good inside, I can then send you that DM without wanting anything in return. My life is based on legacy. How much love am I gonna get? And what's really crazy about it, Bryce, because I think about this shit all the time, which is like, this is so fucked up. The thing I'm living my entire life for is something I'll never see. It's so fucked up. Like, I, I'm like, I always ask myself, like, like, I'm like, is this good? Is this like the most noble? Is this super fucked up? Am I a fucked up dude? Like, like it's crazy to me. The thing that drives me is like almost in a weird way, the thing I don't give a fuck about, right? Because if I don't give a fuck about opinions, like who gives a shit if they give you a statue or not? I just genuinely like being liked by the people who actually know me. I like people so fuck. It's funny. My friends always make fun of me for not liking animals. And it's not that I don't like dogs. It's just that I like people so much more, like so much more. And I think that, is something I think a lot about, that people love animals because there's no feedback loop, right? It's unconditional love. Or if it's not, you don't even know it. And people don't like people because there is a feedback loop. But for me, I'm too empathetic to the other person in the other line. When somebody's shitting on me on social, I'm like, man, this dude is so unhappy that he had to come to my fucking page, watch my video and leave some dog shit on me. I'm not mad for me or sad for me or mad at him. I feel bad for him. I love him. Like, I wish he was in a better, like, I don't have time to do anything other than what I did for you, Bryce, right? I don't have time to do anything other than what I just did the pomp, which is say emphatically, thank you. That was very nice of you. It made me feel nice. Thank you for doing that. I'm paying attention to only positivity, optimism, and practicality. That's my poop. My poop is positivity, optimism, and practicality. Not the fucking shit that people drop on other people because they're actually hurting inside. Nobody who's ever shitting on people ever phases me because they're fucking emotionally weak. You got time to shit on someone, you're in a bad place.
Gary, one of the concepts that I've been thinking a lot about lately is this idea of like a time billionaire. So everyone always talks about billionaires as having a billion dollars, but a time billionaire is essentially a billion seconds. It's about 31 years, right? And so a million seconds is like uh, 11 yeah, days. A billion seconds is 31 years. And so I heard this on Tim Ferriss, had a guy come on and he was talking about this. And so the whole idea is like Bryce is basically a two-time time billionaire, right? He's got 62 years of his life at least. You and I don't have that. Maybe we got one. (laughs) So how do you think about investing? I love you. I love you. I fucking love you. I say it differently. I think every kid that fucks with me is tired of me saying patience. They all want to fucking punch me in the face. They're like, fuck you, dude. Like The comedians that spoof me on TikTok are so funny. They're like, like person comes up, Gary, I'm 91. You got fucking time. Like, you know, like I'm such a buyer of this fucking thesis pump. I haven't heard that time billionaire, but I fucking, I'm about that life. Yeah, it's what, when the DM like, yo, keep pushing leads to me and Bryce having dinner in LA if it wasn't COVID, which would it would have happened. That whole dinner would have been like, kid, listen to me. I would rip my fucking arms, legs and give you all my money to be your age. It's that fucking real to me. Time is optimism. Like, I don't even think a kid should even begin to get serious other than tasting shit and trying shit until they're 30. Like, don't even think about it. Take 18 to 30 or 22 to 30, depending on parent college life, and fucking taste, try, explore. Like, having your shit together, fuck that. You're Like, that's rules of when people died at 38 years old. The rules of dying at 100, which is what's gonna happen to fucking Bryce, need to be about, be strategic and learn about yourself at fucking 18, 22 to 30. How do I think about it? It's the greatest fucking gift. Assuming that this is very young, given Bryce's audience who's listening, you fuckers are winning. You guys fucking have it. Fuck what I have, or you can't wait to have a yacht, or you wanna make money so you can hook up with a pretty girl or boy, or like, fuck all that. You have time. So when you think through it, if you could go back and be Bryce at 21, you've got a massive audience, everyone's paying attention, the good and the bad that comes with that. What are the moves that you're at least thinking through and considering if you're sitting in his seat right now, knowing that you want to be an entrepreneur and an investor, not just a social media star? If you want to be an entrepreneur and investor, I think you go work for somebody humbly for a year that is your dream person. And Bryce could shoot for the fucking moon. Go after Bezos, maybe right this minute. Somebody in his life is like, Jeff, you need to be way more contemporary. And the thought of Bryce being an intern for contemporaryness so he can shadow Jeff, but Jeff can get the 411 on the streets from Bryce. I'll tell you, Bob Kraft, I mean, I fucking hate the Pats. Everyone knows that. But Bob Kraft does that. That's why he fucks with Meek Mill, with Michael Rubin. That's why he wears fucking Air Force Ones. <laughs> it's probably subconsciously, and I don't want to make this assumption this is inappropriate, but he also dates young. Like to me, if I'm Bryce and all those fuckers that I see, like the 55 that are like him, I would fucking, whether it's Bezos, whether it's Diddy, whether it's Jay-Z, whether it's somebody even more rigid, like, you know, obviously there's the famous ones, but maybe if he's super aware that it's fashion and his favorite CEO is a little bit more under the radar, it's not Virgil, it's actually the CEO of Reebok because he just likes to work. I'm pretty sure everyone's saying, yes, you can shadow me and siphon through osmosis a fucking real MBA, not that horse shit that you'll pay for. And I'll siphon from you knowing who the fuck the people are that actually matter in the world right now for everybody under 25. To me, that's the great trade of society right now. Listen, I'm at the top of my craft. I'd have, if Bezos emailed me and he's like, yo, intern for me for a year, like, I, even I'm like, mm, I probably wouldn't, at the, like, I don't want to bullshit here, but fuck, I would sit on that for a week and be like, you know, so whoever that is for that kid right now, don't do the famous one, like, oh, okay, it's Elon, or it's fucking like, 
take a step back and listen, Elon's both. So you, you got to take that, you know, at bat if you can get it, but maybe it's somebody a little more boring, but really fucking doing it. And then it goes to who the fuck are you? Like, if you know that you're famous now, but actually you want to, you want to actually rep everybody one day. Well, then it's Michael Ovitz. Maybe it's Ari, right, at WME. Like, like it, there's a trade there for those kids. There's a trade. Pop, are you doing any sports card shit? I, I, Pokemon cards. Bryce, I'm telling you right now, and I think I, saw, I think I said this to Josh Richard, somebody's going to win the TikTok sports card thing, and it's going to really matter. Like, it's fucking there for the taking. Like, be educated, because if you're saying dumb shit, it's going to always, back to what I said earlier, like, talk about what you know. But when I fucking tell you this thing is really happening, not kind of, it's really happening. Do you Thank like you. sports, Bryce? I'm not really into sports, no. Yeah, then, then go deep into Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon's really interesting to me. I don't know why. Really, <laughs> I grew up with that stuff. <laughs> brother, you should get real, real, real educated because the fractionalization market is going to take the super premium to the fucking moon. All right, I'm super, I'm super over already. I'm happy to do part two another time, guys. If they oh, 100%. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. All right, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Hey, podcast. Joe from Team Gary here. Today's highlighted review is The Sun by Isaac Cote. Thank you, Gary, for helping get to The Sun daily. Keep up the great content. A lot of people appreciate you. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.